Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rich, how often do you think about Rome? Every day, Grace. Rome Season 1, Episode 6, Agiria is over. But here on Show Recaps, we're just getting started. It's the fall of Rome. My name is Grace, but of course I'm not alone. I'm here with DM Philly. Philly, how you doing? I am so good. I'm really having a blast here with the fall of Rome. It's just so much fun, Grace. Like, uh, it's been so long since I watched this show that rediscovering it has been a real treat this fall. It has been good. I'm I'm discovering it for the first time, and it is, it's very good. I have to mm-hmm. admit. I thought this episode... We were chatting a bit before we started recording and that um, we read up the plot recap and it's not super plot heavy, but this is kind of like a hangout episode and it's very good. It's very fun. It's funny. Um, yeah. So as we keep uh, recording these uh, episodes one weekday at a time, we are uh, releasing them in October. Make sure you subscribe. Postshowrecaps.com slash Rome. Um, what'd you make of uh, Agiria, uh, Rich? The uh, episode six of season one. I really like this episode. Go figure. I think I'm going to be saying this a lot, Grace. Yeah. I, I, we've been talking um, from pretty early on about like how much I love Mark Anthony. I think it's such a good depiction, so I really like getting to spend some time with him and get into his head a little bit. I love all the moving and the shaking that is happening back in Rome. Uh, we talked a little bit last, what, yesterday, or I guess it was on Friday, Friday. about yeah. um, about Igiria and like what does it mean, and we weren't sure. And apparently Igiria was like a nymph that was attributed to like being one of the consorts of Numa Pompolis, the second king of Rome that imparted a bunch of laws and like helped him uh, govern policy and mm-hmm. dictate policy. Right. So this like evolves into a term that represents like the women that inspire these men in power, right? Like the mm-hmm. power behind the throne to a degree, these advisors and councils. And I love that. I thought it was a really interesting kind of slice of life in, in a day of living in Rome or a few days there and while Julius is chasing Pompey around all over Greece or whatever. 
uh does that mean that like literally any of the women that octavia picked or the men they would be like yeah that's a <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a precisely they yeah. all uh, the the brothel keeper definitely would have given them all that name yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, a very fun episode. Let me give a quick plot recap and then we'll chat through the episode. Mark Antony remains behind in Rome to rule the city while Julius Caesar ends up on the defensive in Greece. Caesar orders Antony to join him, but Antony hesitates. Joining Caesar might end up in defeat. When Attia proposes marriage, mostly for her benefit, Antony decides that he will join Julius Caesar, realizing that perhaps he has not had quite the backbone he thought he had, and he marches out of the city with the 13th Legion. Pulo tells Lydie that he had heard that Evander was killed uh, in a gambling incident and tells her to move on. But it's Niobe who takes this advice instead and becomes rather intimate with Varenus. Atia tries to make amends with Servilia by offering a jeweled tur turtle and a well-hung man. Octavia <laughs> delivers the gifts and the two, uh, Octavia and Servilia, seem to make some sort of a connection. Um, Pulo and Octavian go to a fancy brothel where Octavian has been told by his mother to penetrate somebody and become a man. Alas, he does pick a woman named Agiria. They do sleep together and he returns home a newborn man. Uh, Pulo does try to get on the action, but is uh, quickly refused by the lady who runs the brothel. And that is Agiria episode six of season one, Rich. Poor Pulo can't get no respect, Grace. No, that's right. um, yeah, um, I, I thought it was a very interesting dynamic there for young Octavian. The story of Octavian is really interesting mm -hmm. for us to be like tracking as we're watching across this show. But um, yeah, time for him to penetrate something, Grace. Again, very progressive show. And this is what I was saying. I, I thought I was right. I was doing some Googling. And they say that as long as you are the one penetrating, that homosexuality is basically allowed. It's looked down upon if you are the person being penetrated. But if you are uh, doing it, you're fine. Uh, am I being awkward? I feel like I'm being very awkward. No, you're not being that awkward. I mean, we're talking about awkward stuff. You know, it's yep. inherently a little bit awkward. That's kind of some of the fun of it, right? This is uh -huh. the humor that exists within sex. When people talk about, um, I know that you are not American, you're a proud Canadian, but when people yeah. talk about like America being like repressed and, and kind of like the sexual puritanism that exists here, like yeah. this is a little bit of what we're talking about, you know? Yeah. Um, like once yeah. upon a time, people were a lot more in tune with the actual like, you know, biological drives that that like govern the species as it were so yeah there's a really great line where uh they're about to enter this very fancy uh, uh establishment and i believe that um uh he's like don't worry it's like it's you know it's no big deal and he goes well if it's such a big deal why do people talk about it so much and Bull's like <laughs> oh you will see you will see why we talk about it so much yeah yeah, um, that's really I, I, you know, an interesting story. I, I did, I did enjoy Pulo and Octavian being back together. Um, uh, Pulo's uh, amazement at how much it, this establishment costs. He's like, I could sleep with every woman in some random city for the price of this. He's like, Yeah, that's why we're not like we're not there. We're here in the fancy establishment. <laughs> we're like, this is clean and great and good. Uh, and then him trying to be like, so like that price does that include like an add-on? She's like, No. <laughs> um pulo's like astonishment pulo like you know his 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 um breadth of knowledge is narrow but deep grace you know he knows the things he knows he knows women he knows warfare he knows plunder right uh this is like pulo's area of expertise and so he's been to many of these establishments before he is the right mentor to like be uh like you know, leading young Octavian in this scenario, but he's never been any place like this. And I love the the kind of like amazement he has at the end and like the madam, the way that she just shuts him down, her contempt, even as he just like walks in the door before Octavian presents himself with the heavy 
purse of coins much more relevantly but uh yeah. it's really just hilarious and it's a it's an interesting um perspective just again to consider the distinction between like the nobles the free men like t- titus pulo is a free man right but he's mm-hmm. like not an important man he's not like a citizen right. in that way uh, or i guess he is actually because he served as one of the legionnaires so it's just interesting to see the way that well, these different people are treated and that when he walks like, in and she's like absolutely not get out mm-hmm. and then he's like but i have a young gentleman and they're like ah octavian ah nice to see you good to see you you're all welcome to stay <laughs> it's just more of this like the more things change the more they stay the same grace you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, like the the judgment even from like those places that you wouldn't expect it should come right yeah can i say i i obviously i don't want to be but i don't really aspire to have characteristics like pulo i guess is what i was mm-hmm. i should say rather mm-hmm. i definitely don't want to be pulo i actually uh spent a lot of money and time and effort to not be a man so <laughs> <laughs> i definitely don't want to be pulo but i think i want a friend like pulo i think yeah. I, like you know, maybe like with some like modern sensibilities, I don't need like, you know, 30 BC, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Pulo hang around, but like a modern version of Pulo, what a bro taking Octavian to the brothel to make it help him become a man. Um, uh, his, his speech to, to lie. I know he's like fully lying and he knows, and he killed, he did kill, (laughs) he did kill her husband. But I mean, all the more reason why you need a friend like Pulo, maybe again, not 30 BC Pulo. Right. But like, Uh yeah. Yeah. And, and all the same time, like basically saying this to Lighty, but knowing I'm actually saying this to you, Niobe, uh, and, uh, it works exceptionally well. Niobe, uh, you know, uh, is in love. She does say to Lighty this episode, she's like, I was not in love with him. He came to me. I am in love with my husband. Uh, I just thought he was gone. I thought he was dead. And now Mm -hmm. that he's back, um, I actually thought this was a very sweet episode with, um, Niobe and Varenas. It really is. Yeah. And just like the pool of of it all, I think part of what's so fun are the character arcs, I think, especially for Varanus and Pulo. These are men who the experience around them changes so dramatically from where we met them as they're fighting on the front and they're, you know, in Gaul, they're they're dealing with life amidst war. And it's a really different kind of sensibility in the way that their lives change as the series progresses and their their relationship kind of evolves. I mean, Pulo was like a mad degenerate in the beginning right i think when we mm-hmm. opened the like show with like it's i'm pretty sure it's varenis who ends up like he pu- punches on the battlefield in that moment mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and at this stage of the game like pulo is truly indebted to lucius he really like varenis is his guy he will do anything he will he will murder in the streets it will cut his thumbs off he'll torture he's like ultimately um a really good friend if not necessarily a really good man right and mm-hmm. i think that that's like an important distinction that loyalty and the way that uh ray stevenson brings it to life the guy just has this incredible kind of charisma grace like we talk yeah. about so many shows and so many performances and there's a lot of different kinds of performances that could be like big and bombastic or like small and sensitive and like muted and nuanced and there's just some performers some actors that like have that intangible that makes the character come to life in a way that you can't even put your finger on. And Ray Stevenson is just so friggin' good. Uh, part of why I'm so happy to be doing this with you is that we get to talk about him for a minute here. Um, mm-hmm. Because he is like gone before his time as a pretty young man who just had like a real great showing on a Star Wars property. And it makes me sad that he wasn't able to see the kind of fanfare that he got from everybody for that. Yeah. This is a really good performance. I think he's really good. I was, you know, I, it's funny because Pulo is not a character that I would be typically drawn to. I think sure. uh, in terms of, 
you know, rough and tumble, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like trying to pay, you know, be like sneak into the broth, like, can I get the add on? You know, it's not, it's not who I would be typically like, Oh, I'm rooting for him, but I am rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. And I think Varenas has been, uh, I really enjoyed the dynamic between the two of them. I, you know, the sort of like uh, animosity they had towards each other that they were both able to like break through. I'm thinking in that episode one where um, he's like, why'd you bring, like, why'd you bring me? He's like, cause you know, you're dead either way. So, you know, I know <laughs> that we can't do this, but I do, I do like the the camaraderie they have for each other. They uh, protect, protect each other the way that um, at the beginning of this episode, uh, the movie is multiple times where like Pulo's just fully sleeping outside of Veronica's house and his daughters yeah. be like, yeah, Pulo's outside again. He's like, I have somewhere to stay. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. He just like lives. His life. He's often like, you know, washing himself with water. Cause he's so hungover. It's a very funny way to like, intro him every episode um yeah but um even brenna's i've I've come around with because i kind of thought that like as i started to be endeared to pula i wasn't i I wasn't sure if i would like sort of be anti brenna's but i think it's part of the thing that pula protects him so much that i'm like also rooting for brenna's this is i i I do appreciate the brenna's depiction of a man who's trying so hard to do the right thing and how hard it is to do the right thing yeah, it's really, you know, conflicted. I keep like relating them back to like Oscar and Felix, the odd mm-hmm. couple. I mean, I really do think, you know, um, Varenis is a man of thought and that's not necessarily expressed like inherently in him being a soldier and the way that he's kind of can be so gruff with his family. He doesn't seem like a very sensitive person, right? Uh, certainly not according to any measure of our modern sensibilities. So uh, it like coming back to this idea of like his morality and this idea of what he truly believes is right. Uh, it's really important and it guides all these decisions that he makes. He has such conflict and contempt and, and, and like uh, tension within him about like following these men that he doesn't believe are doing the right thing. And Pulo is so kind of like casual about all of it. It could not care less about any of this, but lest we forget Pulo is also the man who's like really deeply reverent and religious in, in a certain way. Right. We see him like praying to Mars early on and all of it. So there's just like a different dynamic between them. And I think it's really fun to watch the way that they both impact one another like these characters grow and change in a way that characters uh, don't always on tv shows and i don't think that a lot of the folks that are on rome will change much from when we meet them at the beginning to like wherever their end may come along the way but these two guys do and the way that they both impact one another is really um, part of the things that i'm most enjoying going back to this show you know uh yeah well, it's very fun right now. I'm a little bit nervous because I do feel like we're living in the good times a little bit. Yes. Uh, we are like, you know, um, things are pretty good for Varenas and Pulo at the moment. And there are a lot of things that could come out. Uh, Niobe's, uh, like the baby, it being revealed eventually that that is not. Feels uh, like a real sort of Damocles, right? Yeah. 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 It, it feels pretty bad. Uh, obviously, they're now going to leave. One of the things that's actually um, kind of interesting is like I'm a little bit like, oh, there's so much stuff going on in Rome that like now that we're leaving Rome again, I'm like, oh no, stay, hang out in Rome. Like, uh, you know, there's so much, there's so much potential here. But obviously, they're gonna go to war, and I do, I do predict at some point for a show that um, I feel like it has not had a ton of action. I feel like in the back half of this season, we need probably some action uh so them heading off to potentially fight poppy's men um i think kind of has to i mean and that's history too but um yeah alas uh by the end of the episode pulo and and um and uh brenneth are heading off with mark antony you'll talk about mark antony for a bit um he's uh i think interesting plot development here i the interesting thing 
I find in this show is so far like I do like the way they're playing with time. So mm-hmm. when we jump into this episode and Caesar's writing a letter to Mark Antony being like, Hey, like I thought I was going to go have a decisive victory. Like I am running short of men. I, you know, uh, and he's amassing them as he's going. So um, I can only outmaneuver him for so long before I'm going to have to fight him and I'm probably going to lose. So can you send my men? And then the, all the politicking right here of Mark Antony being like, well, maybe I shouldn't just send the 13th Legion out to get like decimated. Maybe I should, you know, or or not get decimated, but there's a chance we lose, right? It's mm-hmm. not a guarantee that mm-hmm. we win. And so is that actually the wise maneuver? Um, I thought this was very fun, uh, Mark Antony. And the stuff at the beginning with him, and I believe Servilis is the man's name, who he's going to make co-counsel with um, Julius Caesar, and he wants mm-hmm. him to pass, um, pass these laws. I, I really do, like, I'm... I listen to a lot of like politics, but I'm not American, but I listen to a lot of like American politics stuff. Like I am interested. So I, I enjoyed um, Mark Antony ruling, ruling Rome in Caesar's absence. It's fantastic, right? This whole notion of like, oh, the cat's chasing the dog. I'm in trouble out here, right? Pompey, for all he's worth, like you've been identifying like the bad Pompey moves, right? Uh, Results oriented or not. And yeah, one episode in, he's like, hey, actually, Pompey's doing pretty well. Exactly. (laughs) Strategic withdrawal was maybe smart. I think that it's, it's important to show like why this guy got power, had power, right? It's not just that he's like a nobleman who has this like established kind of seat. Like he in his own right is, is a competent military commander and is able to like outmaneuver Caesar for all the like, oh, we're making like a tactical kind of withdrawal, right? And like the teasing that Cato was giving him across the last couple of episodes, he's doing a good job. He's got Caesar like chasing him all over Greece, ostensibly, I think is where they've gone, right? They've like sailed mm-hmm. across the Mediterranean mm-hmm. and he's like rallying all these troops while Caesar's guys are getting exhausted and pissed off and just want to like go back and hang out in Rome. I also love this notion of Mark Anthony's story that he was so resistant to wanting to stay in Rome. And now that he has like Julius right. has created a problem for himself in a way of like Mark Anthony's living the good life over here. Right. He's got like dwarves and prostitutes sitting with them while he's negotiating politics. It's a whole like situation. He's living large. He's hanging out with Atia every night like he doesn't necessarily even though he's a man of war like have a great reason to want to like drag his ass back across the country sail across the ocean and like go back to fighting when he's living this well right um so i really love the depiction and the the notion that his mind is not as trained for politics right he's like seemingly considering these options and i think it's done in a pretty good way in terms of like obfuscating his motivations, right? Like we're not really sure, at least I'm not, if if like he already has decided I'm going to go help Caesar and I'm just like baiting Pompey's guy into like saying more than he should at least. But ultimately uh, the choice to go, I think like, we know it's coming, right? Like this, this story is all very much a foregone conclusion. Yet it's still like satisfying as, as he does the way that like we get there ultimately of him like being like, F it, we got to roll and well, everybody I, leaving at the end. I mean, you know the story. I, I don't. I don't know if Mark Antony, to, I don't know if Caesar's without the 13th Legion to fight off Pompey. I, I assume so, but I, I don't know. So um, kind, kind of fun for, for me. I, I think what's interesting about Mark Antony is I feel like he gives off the impression as a man who would be impulsive who would make Mm -hmm. a decision who he's he's not caesar he's not pompey um he seems to be a little bit of a different breed of men much more aligned to maybe a pulo and even a verenus to a degree than caesar and pompey and yet 
I think it's pretty smart for him to say, come back tomorrow. I'll, I'll have a decision for you then. That could be seen as a bad move. This is um, like the classic thing in apologies if you're not a survivor fan i feel like you're gonna hate us but uh someone comes to you and like you want to make an alliance you go uh let me think about it tomorrow bad move don't say that Mm -mm. say yes absolutely that's intriguing that's a good idea because you don't want them to think at any point that you have doubt in the plan but alas he says come back tomorrow morning i will decide then and he does seem pretty close to not going i think and i think it's only the scene which um i'm grateful for for you because i was trying to think through it like why does he get so mad when Axie is like you know proposes marriage and um including the plot recap but as, as, as you sort of um described it's this moment where he's he's feeling like if he accepts it or what that he's going to be part of the same game that Atia is playing and and she is basically choosing to abandon potentially her uncle Right. I think I have the mm-hmm. math. I think I have yep. the, the math, not the math, um, the genealogy. Correct. Um, yep. And that's not um, how math works. I didn't go to school for effing math. Insert gif that's here. Right. Yeah, that's right. But um, and he feels like, oh, my God, am I like you? No, I want to be like Caesar, who's out like, you know, trying to figure out how he's going to fight Pompey. So ultimately, that's his decision to to punch Pompey's man in the face and then gather the 13th Legion and head out of town. But I really liked him mulling it over. And it's this moment with Atia that makes him change his mind. Yeah, um, like survivor analogies notwithstanding, like maybe uh-huh. Ghostbusters is a little bit ubiquitous, Ooh. right? But it's the mm. same thing of like when somebody asks if you're a god, you say yes, yeah. you just say <laughs> yes, right? Uh, the like stalling could be a bad move, but I love again what you're what you're identifying there that like he knows well enough, he knows himself well enough to know like I should think about this. Let me get yeah. some advice from people who are maybe like a little bit better equipped, you know, uh-huh. um, to figure it all out. And and the way he falls into it, and I love the moment with like him and Atia right because it does I think speak to me about he's like he's considering this option he's considering like do I want to just take a bunch of land and a title from Pompey and just hang out here like live the good life he's meanwhile like moved into Pompey's house he's repainting you know can you go to Pompey's I mean Mark Antony's house (laughs) yeah it's really very funny Uh as he's like repainting the place he's strong arming this old like senator who's like got his moment in the sun of like oh you're the most senior member now this is what you you're going to do, by the way, you're going to make room to put a seat right next to you for Caesar. We're going to like make sure there's a good PR again, like the, the like 2000 years ago or now we're doing all the same things we need. We can't call him like the dictator. He's going to be a co-counsel. It's more amicable. Right. And um, ultimately this moment with him and Atia, as he's like looking at her and realizing like, oh, my God, you truly are like ruthless. You are a serpent. I'm in bed with the snake. He is your uncle. And I have like watched you like you know, cow cow to his power for your whole life. I kind of like you. You've clearly got like, um, you know, the crazy eyes that I love to look deeply into in the dark of night, but mm-hmm. I cannot allow myself to like fall to your level. I cannot like impugn my honor this way. The man, they, they do this thing all the time. Of, like he's my friend, right? This is like the whole big deal between Pompey and Caesar in the beginning. We're friends. Um, and it speaks to more than like, you know, the way that maybe we casually use the term nowadays, like Mark Anthony rallying to the cause of the 11th hour because he sees his own, like lack of virtue, his own like dishonor reflected back at him in Atia is really, really interesting. And I think speaks to the title of the episode, right? Atia mm-hmm. like inadvertently being the Igiria to him, being this like uh, political counselor and like helping him to realize what he needs to do, even though that's not at all what she actually wants him to do. Right. Right. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, the other piece here is um, how in this in this first meeting, when he the law that he wants Servilis to pass mm-hmm. is that basically all the slaves in. Um, in Italy, or is it one third of all those employed will be freed men or citizens? And I, yep, yeah, no, you go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, the idea is it's like a not so different than it is now. You got the one percent, and then you got the proles, the proletariat, right? And so, all these like wealthy farmers and landowners have slaves that work their property, which means that like there's no jobs, nobody's getting paid to work these farms, right? And now you have these military legions coming back with all these guys that are citizens, that are freedmen, that like you need to feed the economy, right? It's a little bit like uh, you know analogous to like arguments about like immigration and like jobs nowadays in the modern era right and and the whole thing of he's like one third of all those employed in the country need to be freed men like we got too many slaves and and the guy pushes back and he's like yeah you know who it's gonna suck for the rich and famous that's it the rich and the wealthy yeah he's just who cares you know like make him pay and then this is where pulo's like hey this caesar guy look at that he's looking out for the little man he's looking out for him furnace doesn't buy it as much and then there's a moment later when uh, Brennis is there when Mark Antony gets the, you know, the, 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 the agreement, like, you know, join Pompey basically. Mm-hmm. Right. And he sees that Mark Antony is thinking about it. And so he's going to say later, and it's, I think this scene is really great because uh, he's talking with Niobe later and he's like, what a coward that man. And he's like, but you always thought like Caesar was a dictator. He's like, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, this is, this is also wrong. You know, it's like, I like, there's no good side here. Um, I think it's really an intriguing spot for Brennis. It's to be fascinating. In. Yeah, yeah. he's watching uh, uh, Mark Antony, who is having his own moral dilemma. I, I say this thing about the thing, the, the whether or not to agree to Pompey 
it doesn't really matter. If he says yes, he'll just send the man out the next morning. And the man says yes and goes back to Pompey. If he says no, he's actually just delayed at going back and he punches the man and it's fine. But it is Varenis who's watching Mark Antony, who this, his refusal to say at the time, yes or no, and mostly to say no to Pompey's um, a delegate is what Varenis feels like is a bit egregious. Yeah, I mean, Varenis, uh, you know, it does, it's very much like ends justify the means kind of conversation a little bit, right? For Varenis, like, he's sworn himself to this man. Ultimately, he's, like, resolved whatever kind of uh, uncertainty he had about being able to, like, serve Caesar. He took the oath, uh, you know, he, he is Evocati now. And to, like, see that his commander does not have that kind of loyalty to the man that, like, he was willing to, like, break his morality for and swear these oaths for, this is, like, crushing and, and, and overwhelming to him in that sense right like for mark antony he doesn't care right the ends like do justify the means whereas for varenis like the methodology by which we get to where we're getting is really relevant like for pulo it's a really simple argument and i think it really again the way that we're like um we're able to get this perspective of the common people in these soldiers in Pulo and Varenis and the idea that they're like the types of people that are going to be concerned with the way things look impropriety or whatever grace whereas for Pulo he's just like no this sounds like a great plan he's going to get us jobs he's going to make money for people and Varenis is just hung up on like yeah but it's the wrong way to do it right we're like taking away we're stealing from like these noble families and these storied historical names this is all important and I think it speaks to the kind of of like differing perspectives of people in terms of the way that they evaluate leadership and, and politics, politicians in power and the kind of like policy that they're putting forth and the doctrine that they're pushing. Uh, ultimately, it's really fun to have Varanus like uh, up in Mark Anthony's kind of wing in that way, because these guys are so wildly different. And Mark Anthony has such sway over him now after like the O's of the Evocati and like everything that went on with him being up jumped to this new position. Right. And Anthony, the reason he likes Varanus is because of how loyal he is. Yeah. And yet uh, Varanus is now seeing that Mark Anthony might not be a loyal man, but he has also, uh, Varenis has pledged his loyalty to him. So I think all of those dynamics are really interesting as they all sort of head out to to Greece on the on the ship. Uh, should I be worried at all about the storm? I think it's just going to be a rough trip, right? I don't think we're not going to no, Are they all going to sink and die and then they aren't in the episodes anymore? That would yeah. be pretty tragic. That's my it did prediction. sound like uh, Pula was like a little bit irreverent there, and the gods did not like that. That's <laughs> right. The mm -hmm. gods were angry that day, my friends, like an old man trying to return soup in a deli. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. All right, let's chat about, so Atia, who does propose marriage to Mark Antony and is swiftly declined, <laughs> is also trying to, stop. and I said in the, in the plot recap, she's trying to make amends, but she's, Actually, that's not her initial reason for sending the gifts to Servilia. She actually doesn't think Servilia knows. And I do have one question. I thought that I had met. So last week you talked about that the 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 cursed uh, letters, the tablets mm -hmm. that get that they got delivered to the family houses. Did they get delivered somewhere? At, like they're not because Atia seems to have no reason to well, think that Servilia knows that that uh, uh, um, Atia has no reason to think that Servilia hates her. At this moment. Yes, true. So it's a couple of different things that are happening. They're delivered to their specific houses and they're shoved in those like cracks in the stucco up in the front of the wall. So I think that there's like an element of like uh, they, they got them, but they're not like signed letters. They don't know that Servilia sent them, right? right. They just okay. know like somebody cursed them okay. and sent got these it. cursed tablets. And then I think there could even be a question of like, do they know that they got cursed tablets? Like there's so much staff in these establishments, Grace. Like, do Atia has like a real, like seemingly loyal. <laughs> 
little contract slaves Uh that like do they just take that or like no 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 she doesn't need to deal with that we don't you know she's already like enough on her hands let's not show that to her so we don't like necessarily deal directly with the fallout but i think that it's not even so much that she wants to make amends she just wants to make sure that she's in good with right i know i misspoke when i said amends it's not a man and and basically then eventually like octavia is going to be like you might actually you might actually need to like this actually you do need to make amends and this specific gift is maybe not enough to do so (laughs) yeah uh did you love the golden turtle the golden turtles the jewels i mean what's annoying is i thought i had been giving out such unique gifts and little did i know that in rome uh, the tv show in 2005 this is you know i thought my gift of a a jeweled turtle and a very well hung man was such a unique gift that i had been giving out for all these years you know who would have liked that well hung man is varenis he would have been really excited to bring that back to to niobe um yeah so i mean you know like i I love the idea that like Atti in certain ways is like a pretty deft political maneuver but she also underestimates everybody who is not her and Uh like uh, sometimes overextends herself right the fact that she's gonna like send her daughter in the lion's den there is like kind of interesting but she's really just ultimately trying to indoctrinate herself like she's constantly playing both sides right she's Uh going to like go to where the power is she's gonna lean into like whatever she thinks is relevant she was ready to marry freaking octavia off to pompey uh, like you know just mere days ago on this podcast (laughs) so you know this this maneuver to be like i need to make sure that like i'm servilia's absolute number one best friend so that however this thing goes down like i'm in with her it's really it's it's an interesting play and the choice of gifts is fascinating i love the little bit of a meeting that we get with octavia she's gonna like go to visit servilia at the end i'm a huge servilia fan i want to wrap it the scene where uh, octavia comes in and is like what the hell is this and she's like a gift for civilian she's like i don't know i don't know if this is enough she's like a large penis is always welcome and then and then uh yells at the toenails are ugly they need to be painted before he, and put some flowers on his head and then when he shows up he does in fact have flowers on his head. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's tough i mean i think my understanding is like um you know much like varenis coming back slaves are amongst the like most expensive kind of commodities uh which is horrible yeah. statement to make within ancient rome but especially uh the like bedroom slave slaves of yeah. uh this kind of um you know perspective or whatever so it's it's yeah. like a very rigorous gift there's also this notation of ice she's like send six barrels of ice which is another oh, yeah. one of these things that you can like so easily overlook but like yeah they're the time, in like yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. in the pre- not prehistoric, but they're in like the pre-BC, like freaking yeah. Mediterranean. Ice is a really big deal, you know? Yeah. yeah. I do like this scene between Cervilli and Octavia in terms of you can tell that Octavia is quite embarrassed to be there. And Cervilli does a very good job at sort of like reading her and, and seeing, you know, she says, you're a good soul and you're blameless in all of this. Uh, tell your mother I'm grateful and I'll treasure her friendship as always and tell her to come visit again, won't you? Uh, it's very sweet. Uh, I, I, I would much like for Octavia to have a friend in Servilia um in terms of uh her mother is awful so you know do you think that that she will come visit again do you, yeah. I mean, you want to see that okay yeah yeah I, I want her to have like uh you know the I yeah I want her to have a little bit of protection from mm-hmm. from her mm-hmm. mother her mother's awful <laughs> her mother is really terribly yeah. terribly awful yeah. I feel like I'm not doing a good enough job like asking your predictions of what's coming which no, feels okay. like a thing that I should be doing but um I I also like you know Octavia feels just so alone 
alone where Octavian, at least we've seen like develop some of these other relationships yes. other than like his torturous mother. Like we're yeah. really glad that he's got a Titus Pulo as like a good friend that he could go torture bakers or butchers in the, in the sewers with on occasion. Yes. Like it's important. And Octavian seemingly has nobody outside of her very dysfunctional family. Oh, right? I have a prediction. Uh, Pulo yes. and Octavian, they did kill a butcher. I presume they kill a baker and a candlestick maker at some point. Oh my well. God. Are you sure you haven't seen this show before? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's talk about Octavian and, and Pula. We've talked about a fair bit, but uh, this idea that Octavian's going to be a man and he goes, but I do think this, um, you know, they, he, I feel like for a man who like is, you know, and sex work is work and, you know, with modern standards here, but I feel like he is as much of a gentleman as you can be in this situation. He's like asking where she's, where she's from. A very sad story that she, her brother, mother and father were all kid killed and she was brought here. She doesn't know where she's from, but alas, he's, he's being nice ish. He acknowledges <laughs> like a measure of humanity there. Yeah. Where he's like, that's sad. Could you please yeah. get up on all fours <laughs> on the bed? Just to I'm continue. Uh-huh. Uh, the conversation of like um awkward topics that we are engaging in is during the fall of Rome, Grace. Yeah. This position was known as one of like uh some respect and reverence in ancient mm. Rome. It was mm -hmm. like not using the modern vernacular, but rather like termed the lioness, which okay. I'm like, oh, okay, that's really like actually I, I think a much more respectful way to like, term mm -hmm. this whole like orientation that we're getting here, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. The whole like selecting down the line. I mean, again, with like progressive options, they give them like a whole row of, uh, you know, young men right there as well. Like what's yeah. pick your poison, young Octavian, whatever yeah. you need here. Right. Um, Pulo thinks he's a little, he's a little rash in his decision making. He's like, we could see more. And he's like, Nope, that's fine. She'll do this woman will do. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I love Octavian. Like, uh, there's an element here where, like, you know, this scene has been done many times in a lot of different kind of properties in different ways. And yeah. there's the element that, like, you expect him to just be, like, too afraid or they're going to sit and talk or, like, he's going to be too respectful. But, like, that's not it at all. He just wants to get, like, all the, like, awkward business out of the way yeah. and, like, get it get yeah. it done, get out of there, in and out as quick as it, we could, like, take yeah. care of business and, like, move on, right? This yeah. is just a task he needs to accomplish. It's like a chore that he's got. God for his mother, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but he is a man now, and although he has been training with Pulo, Rome is not safe for Octavian. He needs to go study at the academy and needs to leave Rome. So at the end of the episode, as Pulo and Varenus are heading off to Greece, Octavian is leaving, I believe, with the man who wanted uh, exchange for protection would get to sleep with Atia, and the man who killed Glabius um, yeah, is going I to leave. Timon, Timon, Timon. Okay. All right. So they're heading. Uh, so Octavian not going to be in Rome, I presume, by next episode. Uh, presumably not. No, he is leaving. And he looks so daunted, too, as he's like, got to leave. He really does not want to leave this poor no. kid. But uh, honestly, dude, get away from your mother. She's bad for business. Like, you don't need that in your life. Go to school. I agree. Yeah. So that's where we leave Octavian. Um, I think that's pretty much everything. Do we want to send some people into the Coliseum, Rich? Yeah, I'm super down to send some people into the Coliseum. All right, let me check. It's been uh, the weekend, so let me see who. I know. It's trying to see who sent. Who went last, yeah. Uh, I've actually done some stats. If we want from the first week, uh, Caesar on the top of the leaderboard. Uh, he's 2-0 and when we put him in the Coliseum. Octavian wow. is 1-0. Um, Varenis is 1-1. One one. Pulo is 1-1. One one. Atia at 0-2. Bad news. And Mark Antony at 0-1. Um. I think if I do the math here, I think that it would be my turn to send someone into the Coliseum first. I think 
I think I'll send in Mark Antony. I think Great. that probably um I think he has a good episode. I think that he he weighs his choice. I think the only person who he sort of spurns is Varenas, who has who has owed his loyalty uh with punishment of death to Mark Antony. So not the worst person to I feel like, you know make a bad impression upon but everything else i think he does pretty well ultimately deciding to leave with uh to go to go to uh to greece to join julius caesar and again i'm being results oriented but i presume that goes well for julius caesar so um uh i'm gonna i'm gonna put mark anthony i think he has the best episode in if you would like to nominate someone rich i think the mark anthony poll is a good poll i was like contemplating it myself right he like takes a minute to get there but he ends up at a pretty good place by the end of it i think that I have to go for Titus Pulo, both because uh-huh. he, he, again, he's like awesome advice guy, this unsuspecting man, you know, he's where bro. he's able to like get Octavian to like go get the job done and take care of it. He does uh-huh. get swatted down by the madam, which is, you know, bound to happen. I mean, he really is like, that was not his he job. He takes it well. He takes it well. He does. He's yeah. got like a good measure of dignity. He doesn't throw mm-hmm. a fit or anything. He doesn't seem to be drinking that much. As much as he keeps like sleeping on the front steps of Varanus's house, he wakes up pretty quick when they yell at him to go like he splashes that water he's ready to march he's with Varenis wherever he's yeah. you yeah you muted yourself uh, it was cat who really does not want me to like sing <laughs> of Titus okay. below he's not having it the cat chases the dog grace uh, yeah. art mimics life mimics art mimics life but yeah. really uh Titus Pulo going to Niobe, right? Yeah. Like we didn't talk about it much, but this whole beat of like Niobe's sister, uh, like the butcher's wife Wivey. is now like, yeah, like in the house and she won't leave. And like yeah. Varenis is losing his mind. He needs to get his sister-in-law out of there. He banished her from the house at that feast last year, remember? And Pulo is the guy who like, you know, despite having murdered the man that is causing all of this strife, he goes in and is able to like talk Niobe into like getting her head screwed back on straight like you got to leave the past behind you like we are moving forward this notion that like uh life is water again not a stone like you can't just like sink or you'll never go anywhere we have to like continue carrying forward and he is able to like get through to niobe in a way that like none of her friends her sister couldn't that really yeah. ends up like a, a real good situation both for her and for Varenis. i think by the end of the episode yeah well, I'm not happy either way, Rich. I'm going to leave it to you. Between Mark Antony and Pulo, who do you think has the better episode? Oh, gosh. I think I got to give it to Pulo. Is that unreasonable? No, no, I, think like Pulo, I think Pulo is like all W's this episode. Right? Well, I, I said this. I think I said this last week, which is that I feel like we're going to have to balance between like Mark Antony is ruling Rome. And so like in the grand scale of like who who's and I know that like Mark Antony is real. Pulo is a fictionalized character, but like the stakes of Pulo's life are, are not quite the same as like, no, Mark Antony. and so no. we'll, we'll have to judge them per scale. Like, is this, this is a really good episode in terms of what Pulo is able to accomplish versus like, that's why I think we give it to an episode too, because to be, a mere soldier in the 13th legion he takes down the roman empire so that's a very very good day for uh, oh yeah uh, huge uh, win. as yeah. opposed to like if julius caesar takes down the roman empire like yeah like pretty good but also not like 
you know, entirely out of the, I mean, also the Roman empire, I guess this is the Roman Republic is what he did. Is what yeah, true. Roman. So, so I guess this is my take is that Mark yeah. Anthony has a couple of L's here in that he clearly leaves Rome with a very pissed off Atia behind him. And that yeah. seems like not ideal. Like yeah. Atia, uh, maybe like a little bit of like chaos cast, but like you, you really don't want chaos cast pissed off back at camp while you're like off somewhere else. He also yeah. pissed off Varenus who like, yes, Varenus yeah. is like life sworn to him but like don't piss that guy off he just swore that oath yesterday man what are you doing here you know mm -hmm. uh and like i don't know you know i think like to the extent that we're like it's good to wait we are both critical of like he didn't just like have an answer on the moment to be like no yeah. loyalty or like no greed so i think that like pulo just has no losses here this is as okay. good of an episode for titus pulo as we have seen yet across rome it feels like all right, Pulo ties up with Caesar with two wins, but he does have a loss on his record. So not quite at the top of the leaderboard, I think. But um, alas, we will keep going with this. Do you have a scene or a... Uh you know, piece of dialogue or anything particularly you want to point out from this episode, Rich? Yeah, I keep talking about it. It's such a small beat, but I love the choice to use the Caesar voiceover with the letter in the beginning to like uh -huh. explain the circumstances far afield. Like uh -huh. episode one, we didn't talk about it a lot, but we get this little like narration to set the stage, right? It's this is not like a Shakespearean play, but it feels like it could be in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And I I think each episode, like they they play to me almost like a play sometimes. And mm -hmm. it's just like the sets. I mean, a little bit of it is like the the Roman of it all, but I really love like the little bit of an opening and like it's it's an unconventional pick, I think. But just the fact that we utilize that to like frame the context for this episode, this is the stuff that we need to know. Here's how the circumstances changed to then like launch us into like Mark Anthony getting the letter. I thought it's a really strong open to the episode. All right. Well, I'm going to pick something that happens towards the end of the episode. And again, you went you went big. I'm going to go small and funny, which mm -hmm. is. The town crier. Is this what See, we call I him? him? I don't know. Yeah, we yes. haven't really talked about him at all, but he's announcing. He's amazing, Grace. He's very yes. good. Mark Antony has left for Greece, and then it's raining, and so he's inside, and he goes, and this month's public bread has been brought to you by Caprolone Brotherhood of Millers, true Roman bread for true Romans. And I never thought about the idea that you could use the town crier for advertisements, and yet... How delightful. I love it. I think it's great. I bet Capitolone Brotherhood of Millers is very mad that they bought the advertisement on a day when it's raining and nobody is listening. So I think I'm I'm presuming that's going to be a big plot point moving forward. But no, on all seriousness, I love that there is an advertisement in the town crier, something I had never thought of ever in the history of anything I thought about that you would advertise as part of the crown. Capitalism has been around forever, Rich. The guilds were movers and shakers, Grace. They knew how to line the pockets. I think that technically he's the news reader. Reader. Okay. He's played by this guy Ian McNeese, who will like endure like no spoilers, but the news yeah. reader makes it for a while, Love and him. he is an incredibly fun character. I think like right around here he starts getting really dramatic with the performances. Grace. He's doing these hand movements. He has these like gestures all the time while he's like yelling about this stuff, and it uh, really like makes me feel very Italian as I talk with my hands on these podcasts all the time. I love it. I love the newsreader. It's really good. Let me highlight this is Ian McNeese um, who plays newsreader. Yes. As I see him. Uh, ooh, he was in the Dune miniseries in 2000. Yes, just he sure play. was. Yeah. You know who he played? He was Harkonnen, wasn't he? He was Harkonnen, yeah. yeah amazing. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that is Rome, season one, episode six, Giria. We'll be back tomorrow with the next episode. Let me see if I can find the name of that episode as we're uh, chatting. I believe it's called, mm, see, another one, uh, Forsalis? 
Farsalus. Is that right? P-H-A-R-S-A-L-U-S. Farsalus? Uh, Farsalus. Farsalus. Yeah, Farsalus. Okay. We'll tell you tomorrow what that means. Okay, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Uh, Rich, the start of the week uh, here on, on our recap of Rome. Everyone make sure you subscribe, but uh, where can people find you? Um, what else are you up to? Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm at DM Philly. My DMs are open if you want to hit me up about this stuff. YouTube and Twitch. You can catch a bunch of uh, my tabletop role-playing game nonsense. And I'm talking about a bunch of TV over here at PSR. Same. I'm also talking TV and movies all the time. I'm on Twitter at Hi From Grace. We'll be back tomorrow as we talk about Rome every single day. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.